Denver, Denver, I'm from Denver, 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 I'm from Denver, 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 I'm Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado the most hops-and-fused city between Left Hand Canyon and the Great Divide. I'm Joel Warner. Joining me today are co-hosts Vanessa Martinez and Ron Doyle, and silent uh, Jared King Mayer. What's up? And we have our special guest, Westward Managing Editor Jonathan Shikes, better known as a Colorado beer man. Hey, guys. Hey, beer man. So for this episode, we're going to talk all about vodka. Sweet. That Hooray great. for vodka! Vodka. No, no, I mean we're going to talk about beer. Talking about... The Fresh Hops Mania, this seems to be sweeping uh, the state, the heady local brew of beer and politics, and maybe, just maybe, if there's time, we're going to mix topics of beer and medical marijuana, like we're pulling our favorite Afghan kush through our ratty old beer bong. Always, <laughs> always a good choice at right? the end of the night. That's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> first, some newsy bits. You guys ready to talk some newsy bits? So ready for newsy bits. Uh, Seth Brigham. Our oh, favorite uh, gadfly from Boulder is back, and he might or might not be showing his penis. Oh, really? Okay, so no, th- I this, say is, that. The, I this is the fellow we talked about a couple episodes ago. Right. Who the city count- Boulder City Council was trying to ban him from meetings. Because he was theoretically threatening. Because he's fussy. Yes. He's, he's sassy. And he's I defended sassy. him. Yes, you defended him. I did, too. I think he should be allowed to go. You guys, you, guys, like are, you guys are I might defending be, I might a, be a potentially fickling, a sexual deviant, but that's I wanna, okay. I want to friend him on Facebook. <laughs> you should. No, so, so basically, uh, he won his case against, against city council. They weren't allowed to, to ban him from council meetings, which is theoretically a good thing. Then um, him and his super-eager lawyer, uh, David Lane, were getting ready to sue the pants off Boulder about the whole thing. And then I guess for some reason, uh, Seth backed down. According to David Lane, he had some sort of mental breakdown. Um, and then all of a sudden, he got, he got arrested at least once, if not twice. I guess um, first he went and like, started like, banging on his neighbor's door one night, um, which is tough. And then, um, what was the other thing? He went and... He uh, exposed himself. He exposed... Uh, well, I mean, I mean, he was like he you was mean arrested he stayed on You mean he stayed outside himself. in the cold? No. What I, do you mean, exposed? I think... It, like frostbite? Like, they haven't said specific that- shit. Like, have, they, have, they, have they actually reported what Seth Brigham possibly did? I don't know. But did he? <laughs> so, did he? No. He did- was arrested on suspicion of a decent exposure and harassment. And we don't know who he was indecently exposing himself to, if he really was. But or who he was. It, it, yeah. It was all, I think, it, yeah, there were like two incidents. So, does this change anyone's opinion about uh, whether Boulder City Council were a bunch of dicks for um, trying to ban him from the council meeting? No, no, no not in the slightest. He's, he's definitely a difficult individual and he's going to do things like this. I, I, uh, I do want to play the. Can we play the conspiracy game? I, oh, think okay. it, I think a city council member is claiming that he exposed himself to the city council member. Therefore, that individual can get a restraining order that will keep him away. They're trying to find is a Is this based hole. on news facts? Not at all. Okay. This is not at all <laughs> okay. based on news facts. Conspiracy listeners, game. Listeners, you heard it here first. You heard completely it here first. Made up news. I mean, <laughs> completely made up news. Completely made up. Not made based- up news. Theoretical news. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's conjecture. It's inference. Okay. Well, that's enough inference for one day, Ron. Um, I want to go on to stuff that is less conjecture, which is the truth about Mayor Michael Hancock's very sketchy past. 
we're all referring to his time as Huddles, the Broncos mascot. There was a big thing on ESPN, all this whole segment about how Michael Hancock pulled himself up by the very, very bootstraps by being Huddles, the Broncos mascot, for a while. Now, my big question is why didn't this play a bigger uh, factor in his election campaign? Because I would have been much more excited about <laughs> him as mayor if I had known about this fantastic history. I don't know about you guys. I, I think I would have, too. I saw that ESPN segment, actually. Um, I, you know what's interesting? He made $25 an hour. Like, yeah. back in, like, that's a really, what was it, like, 70-something? <laughs> no, it was, like, 1857. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of money. He actually got paid in wooden nickels. <laughs> he's he's like good. my age. He's not that old. Oh, yeah, so eighteen seventy. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I would have it would have made a big difference for me. I I would have had a l- slightly more respect for him because, as an individual. Yeah, I mean, I knew nothing about. I mean, it I had did no come idea. Out. Coming after Hickenlooper, it did, it did come but, out but because it wasn't it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't promoted. He never he didn't did. Campaign on it. He never campaigned in the huddles. Suit. Vote vote for huddles. If he had, if it, you know if. It, yeah, if it's Hogan to bed, vote for Huddles. Who would not have voted for Huddles? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm just gonna pull back and say that the next mayoral election, I'm gonna vote for Huddles, even if, even it's, if it's not, not him. so whoever dresses as Huddles, whoever dresses as Huddles, Brigham? It, even if it's <laughs> Seth Brigham, especially if it's Seth Brigham, because you know he'll take it off. Yes. He'll take the suit off later. Uh, yeah, I'm right. all for it. I mean, yeah, vote, vote for Huddles. Then. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he's coming off the biggest personality mayor the city's ever had. I assume I haven't been around that long, but biggest Hickman personality. Looper, uh, Hickenlooper, you know, who was all about this kind of big, colorful character. And here is this guy, Hancock, who's really kind of milquetoast, honestly. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're and saying. So yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I mean, he won anyway, so maybe I shouldn't be complaining. But I Yeah, I mean, like if you look at the last, the, last, the, the last several mayors, I mean, Federico Pena and Wellington Webb and uh, John Hickenlooper, they've all been these huge personalities yeah. uh, or very, very visible individuals and and. By comparison, Mayor Hancock has been very under the radar. So, um, yeah, I think it's time for him to put the... Well, no, you I, disagree? I don't know. I think... Well, he was under the radar, I think, during the campaign. Maybe he wasn't so exciting. But immediately after the campaign, when all of these, you know, the allegations came out, the Hancock stuff, like... I, I mean, that, that, that brought some color to the campaign. Do you so think I mean, that brought like some... <laughs> more or less when you, when you found out that he was Mayor Hancock? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely made it more exciting. Yes. For, for <laughs> listeners who haven't heard that episode, will you please explain Hancock? Okay, like right, <laughs> it came out right after the election, or was it before? Yeah. It was no, right, right after. It was right after. before the first allegations between our favorite uh, pimp, Scotty Ewing, uh, kind yep. of went to news sources saying that he had records that Michael Hancock had been frequenting his... Uh, I, yeah, I have, I, have a lap, I have a laptop that was stolen, and that laptop had contact names, and Mayor Hancock's yeah. name might be on the list. And it was a name that was like Michael Handcock. Right. And supposedly <laughs> had, this, had Mayor cell Hancock's number. cell phone number with it. Even if it's not true, it's a, it's a pretty fun story. Yeah. All right, fine. He's a colorful person. He's, he's, a he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's a larger-than-life individual. Larger-than-life. Okay. Huddles. 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 What else can you say? Um, a win for lactating gloobs everywhere. Uh, here in Colorado, I have to say. Um, a teacher, uh, Heather Bergbacher, settled with Jefferson County over the fact that they refused to change her teaching schedule or give her space to, uh, breast, to, uh, to breast pump. pump for her six-month-old child. Um, and therefore, she sued. And I guess I settled an ACLU saying this is a big win for... Um, boobs. For, yeah, for, for boobs, big and small everywhere. 
Yeah, I I think it's awesome. <laughs> I, I I'm really surprised this hasn't come up sooner with teachers uh, because teachers, you know, historically are predominantly female, and I'm really surprised that they haven't been demanding and fighting for this before. Yeah. Yeah, and they do have those, those long, long days. And they have long days, and they have situations where they are really put in a position where they can't get away from their students to do the, the sort of business you need to do uh, throughout the day to keep up your milk supply. You mean so, pump your boobs? Pump, pump your boobs. Hook, hook, freaking it vacuum. Is like, it is like hookah, the, hookah is say, like old medieval vacuum up to your is. boobs. It's the worst thing ever. It is like the most like inconvenient, annoying thing it, it's one of the biggest benefits of not being a lady that I do not have to have this I, medieval contraption. I actually, uh, I think, don't either, and I'm a lady. Yes, I think it so would far. be more <laughs> awesome. I, I here's here's my theory. I think uh, pumping would be a lot more fun for women if they would change the design of the like the stuff and they made it more like steampunk or dominatrix styling. So then it felt like they were actually having a good time because as it is, it's like very weird plastic, girly medical garbage. I don't. It just seems like you're going to work, and it doesn't yeah. seem like any fun. If it were like, if it played music, if it played music, music. if it had black leather straps, or you know, or whatever, oh, wow. <laughs> oh boy, some more, whatever you're some into, more, yeah, I don't whatever, know. whatever uh, Ron's into here. <laughs> no, not other, me. Fifty so Shades of Breast thing, Pumping. I, you know, now uh, workplaces <laughs> have to provide a location for for women. Yes, um, to pump, and usually though, it is like the worst part of the office it's usually some like really dark dank like dusty terrible it's a broom closet yes we, have, have, we have one yeah it's horrible a broom closet it a, it like, right it's like a little like it's the former uh where we used to develop film it's the former dark room at westward is yeah the, uh, is the breast pump room that is the breast pump room so yes. there might be some toxins so, in there Awesome! I believe they. I believe they OSHA'd that thing. <laughs> they OSHA'd it. <laughs> it got OSHA'd. The fire hazard team in before they. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, moving on from uh, boobs. Uh, Ron wants to talk about something near and dear to his heart. He was very, very excited about it last night when he what? emailed. What? Uh, I, what? Popcorn lung. You want to talk uh, about popcorn lung? Yeah, popcorn lung. Um, in, in an episode that we completely uh, botched and didn't actually put out, um, <laughs> where Jared... Jared uh, you didn't have to say that out loud. No, I'm, I'm all about confession right now. We need to tell the truth. We got new gear, and we're figuring it out. And God bless all of you who are still listening and putting up with the, the, the hurdles. Anyway, uh, Jared brought up the, that we were starting a case uh, on this gentleman who is, was suing... Uh, for uh, compensation because he says he developed a chronic condition known as popcorn lung uh, from the chemicals used to make microwave popcorn uh, smell that, you know that smell. You know that magical smell, right? The, the like, you've got microwave popcorn smell. Well, apparently it fucking ruins your lungs. It kills you. Uh, <laughs> he was huffing it, though. He Come was, on. You really think he was huffing it? That's yeah. not it. He said he was. Yeah. yeah. On the video, he's like, you know, he basically says, he opens a bag and like, sticks his face in it. Yeah. Which is not what you do. Because if it doesn't, like, burn out your face, like, it's burn off your face. That's you get the, so what are you, hot. That's like, that is a have you, have you seen the cart? Have you seen the commercials? You get the microwave bag out, you open it up, and the people always hold it under their nose, and they go, 
ah, butter. And they do that sort of thing. So I think they were encouraging that's what they it. say. They say, ah, Long story butter. short, apparently that's very, very bad for you. Uh, it does actually cause problems. And uh, U.S. federal court on Wednesday ruled in favor of this gentleman. And he is being awarded $7.2 million Dude, in damages for microwave seven, popcorn. If you got $7 million for eating a buttload of popcorn... How awesome. I don't even like Did microwave even popcorn, popcorn, but I want it for the money. <laughs> you would eat um, that. I don't know if he ate the popcorn. I think he just opened the bags and huffed it. Yeah, that's it? That he threw it away? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, granted, you know, yeah. this is... This he is... crushed the popcorn and snorted it like cocaine? <laughs> is that what he did? This is part of a long line of lawsuits for the popcorn companies that they've been sued by the workers in the factories for this, this particular chemical. I think it's called diacetyl, uh, this ingredient that does cause all these problems. So I sure hope the workers got It's so funny. Like we've gone from, yeah, I know, because they weren't huffing the popcorn. <laughs> we've gone from asbestos in those weird popcorn ceilings to actual popcorn. I, I'm convinced all popcorn is really dangerous and deadly. Is nothing sacred anymore? Nothing. <laughs> nothing is sacred. Not, not even you know, the innocence of popcorn. I'm now going safe. around looking for uh, simple foods <laughs> that, you can that I can yourself? somehow hurt myself with so I can win a court case. <laughs> you put it, it's working you, sucks. Can you, like, like, what if you try to, like, inject pudding into your veins? Can you, <laughs> you then sue Jell-O? I was shooting up Jell-O pudding, and yeah. I got cancer. I, and there wasn't a warning saying I shouldn't million shoot up pudding into my veins, therefore... Jello owes me $7 million. Oh, it's so special. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah I mean, King Supers is one of the companies that got sued. And oh, poor King Supers. Poor Kroger. Uh, they're they're going to have to pay up. So oh, wow. congrats to that guy. It's like winning the lottery of, of popcorn huffing. Yes. Good so, for him. Good for um, him. That's it for the newsy bits. Listeners, please leave a comment on denverdiatribe.com. Like us on Facebook or drop us a line at 720-282-YELL. You might win $7.2 million for doing so. Probably not, <laughs> but um, do it anyways, and please do subscribe. Um, so now, for our first real, real topic of the day, it's why we have the beer man, cover the beer man on, we're going to talk about hops. Everyone is hot for hops. Yes, they are. Right now, right? Hot for hops. Um, there are two different, what, fresh hops festivals going on, like starting... Today or this weekend or something, right? Yeah, one of them is, is ended up not being as much of a festival as much as it is a celebration of fresh hop beers. It's it's the four of the restaurants owned by the Larimer Associates Group are putting on anywhere from five to seven fresh hop beers each, and um, they haven't promoted it a whole bunch yet because I don't think they have all the beers yet. Sure. What which labels are those for those uh, for folks that don't know who the what which, beer companies they own? Well. Um, so Larimer Associates is actually the, the one that owns the, the restaurants where the beers are going to be on tap. And it's okay. like Billy's Inn um, is one of them. Ernie's is one of them. Low High. Yeah, Low High, uh, Low High Steak Bar and uh, possibly Lowry Beer Garden, although I, okay. I'm okay. not sure. But they're going to have – and they have, they have – uh, the breweries are, are from all over the state. I mean, I think they have like New Belgium and, and Odell and Avery and, and some of those guys as well as some smaller – some smaller ones, but it had to be. It had, they had to be big enough so that they could supply enough beer to uh, to uh, quench the thirst of all the people at those restaurants. Can you explain what fresh hops is for those of us who aren't so so fantastic? So fresh hop beers are beers where that are made when you put the you, you pick the hops and then you rush them into the beer. Uh, you don't break them down. You don't extract the oils. You just take the the hop cone uh, flower, which looks like a mini miniature green pine cone. 
and you throw them into the into the boiling water. And the the point is to make the beer taste as fresh as possible. Um, and it's beers they they the beer makers uh, compare it to the Beaujolais Nouveau, which are the the young young fresh wines from France. Except that, those uh, are disgusting. Yeah, but you have to appreciate them for their earthy <laughs> their greenness vegetable. So their greenness. Very green. So is this true? I mean, do you do you actually really taste a difference with these hops nouveau or fresh hop beers, or is it all kind of is it or is it a bit of a bit of spin? I, I think in some of them you can. It does it does the hop the flavor does jump, but there's there's plenty of hoppy beers where the flavor jumps right at you too. But there is there is a little bit of a of a sort of vegetable grassy taste to some of them that that uh, is different you're making it sound wonderful they are they are good <laughs> it's like mowing a lawn and sticking it in your glass in other words <laughs> i like it, it yeah. so glass. you wrote so you wrote a whole feature for westward what about uh, two or three weeks ago about about hops in colorado yep right which which sounds like is went from basically almost zero kind of hops being grown here completely to, non-existent yeah to i guess now there's actually some movement to kind of encourage a small little industry. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I the, They've been growing hops on the Western Slope for the last four or five years, and I've been wanting to do a story about it, but it didn't seem like there there was enough momentum to do it in the past. And so I've been looking for a, a hook and also trying to figure out when the right time to do the to do the story is. And um, this year, uh, I, I had the hook that AC Golden, which is the small brewery that's owned by Coors, uh, buys most of the hops, which was interesting. And they do for Colorado Native, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, that com- combined with the fact that there's now at least 20 of these hops producers around the state, seemed like this was a good time. It's still a very small industry, though. It is funny how it seems like you know we love championing our local businesses and kind of kind of supporting these lo- these local kind of growing industries, and yet in many ways we're dependent on the the big baddie of beer right now, at least to support this industry. I, you know, I. I think the quotes you had in your story is saying that, oh, even without AC Coors, hops w- would be doing fine. But literally, AC, AC Coors buys like 90% of the hops kind of grown in the state right now. That's what made it a good story. Oh, yeah. Conflict. Well, I mean, I, and, no, it is interesting. I do think I, I agree that hops would be doing just fine in Colorado now uh, because the craft beer industry is growing. Uh, even if AC Coors wasn't in the game. But it, they do – I mean, I think the main reason why they are buying 90% is because they were the ones that specifically went out and said, we want more hops and contracted out uh, for these farmers to produce more than they were doing before. They were they were asking for it. Is that correct? I mean, they, they went – they've got a couple key farms that they work with, right? And they ask uh, those guys to produce more than they used to. Yeah, they did ask to some degree um... – for them to do that, so if if AC Golden went away, then those guys would would kind of be up the creek. Um, yeah. But at the same time, yeah, I you know I don't know. The, the the Colorado State University was encouraging a lot of farmers to get into the hop business, and um, with, with the hopes that the the breweries would buy the hops from them. And the breweries do like to buy the hops. However, they cost in in some cases twice as much to to get the fresh hops, and the local growers sell them for twice as much because that's how much they need to. Um, and they don't have the right machinery. And they don't have the right machinery. So it's a little awkward for them, and it's a pain in the butt to brew with fresh hops too. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's, so, it's so expensive to start up. I mean, I, I assume you talked to Allie Ham. She's, she's gone. She works she, in she the now Pacific lives, Northwest. She works uh, with William at Valley. Uh, sorry, I wrote, I wrote a, I wrote a yeah. story about hops too. 
but oh. it's not out yet because it's. Do you on. want a cookie, Ryan? I want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want some beer. Well, I you, got, you we've got beer. You we're, have beer. Oh, oh, yeah, by for the, the way, record, everybody, yes. we are drinking beer. It's yeah. nine. It's nine forty, and we're all drinking beers. It's breakfast. It's, it's breakfast. Delicious. Beer. Yeah, it's delicious. So, uh, no, I mean, I wrote a story too, and we, I talked to Ali Ham. Ali Ham is uh, this woman who was working for Summit Plant Labs. She she was a student at CSU. She did a lot of the research that showed that you can grow hops in Colorado. And yeah, now she's now she's gone up to Portland to go work for the man, but um, yeah, I, I talked to the um, professor who had worked with her on on those. His name is Ron Godin. Yeah, and um, I figured I'd talk to him since he's still out there. He he works out there in the Western Slope. Um, I know Allie did a lot of the the early work, but uh, um, I, I just I wanted to talk to someone who's still who's still doing it. So totally fair. I have a, a question, um, and I'm sorry. I didn't read your, your feature, Shikes. What? I know. Whoa. God, I I'm sorry. I have some copies in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's available <laughs> online as well. Um, so did this really kind of come out of – I know there was a hops shortage, uh, like, I don't know how many years ago. Did that, is that where some of this came from? Was Yeah, so the hop shortage in 2007, which a lot of people feel like wasn't really a, sh- a shortage. It was just blown out of proportion. Um, that's when CSU decided that maybe there's an opportunity – for farmers in Colorado to start growing their own hops and supplying them to the to the microbreweries, um, as a way to you know prevent that in the future and to start and to be able to start that business here. So I think that's what they sold some farmers on was that there was a hop shortage. The hop shortage went away very quickly. Well, yeah, I mean sure. the price like doubled for a year and then it yep. went back to normal. Yeah, pretty fast. Yep. And because for a long time up in in the Pacific Northwest, people have been trying to get out of hops farming because. It's sort of a it's an expensive business to be in, and and they have all sorts of problems with fungus and all sorts of other things going on. Yeah, wet climate. Yeah, the wet climate. But then, yeah, CSU. Then they figured out, oh, we, we can grow this stuff here. It works pretty well in Colorado. We've got all the right situations. And then Summit Plant Labs in Fort Collins, they they're cleaning them all up. They're getting rid of all the fungus, so people here in Colorado can get all the things together. Really? So there's also all sorts of things coming together at the right time. Kind of like hay. What's happening with hay right now? You too. can't put hay in beer. No, no. Wait, not how with is beer, this related to hay? Explain. Uh, uh, well, no, I'm just talking about the uh, from the agricultural perspective because there's a hay shortage. Oh. And so and a lot of farmers stopped farming hay because it is such a pain in the ass. Same thing, you need equipment and, you know, all these things. But now everybody needs hay. Mm-hmm. So That's so interesting because the, the hops farmer that I interviewed for Fort Collins Magazine, he had a hay field and he changed it to hops. I bet now he's like, damn it. <laughs> the price keeps yeah. changing on me. That's so interesting. I mean, but it, me, I mean, they're saying like three thousand dollars an acre to start. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean. So we have these these fresh hops festivals. I guess like the Great American Beer Fest next month is having a special category for these fresh hop beers. I know that some other yep. parts of the country, like Central New York, is all about focusing on different like varietals of hops and all this stuff. And I mean, so the question is, Colorado beer man, this is this is in your wheelhouse, sir. I mean, is this? Do you see this as a sustainable kind of concept, or is it all a bit of fluff, this concept of special hops? I mean, I think it's definitely a sustainable concept. I mean, it's, it's just a tiny niche of the, of the craft beer market, which in, in itself is a tiny niche of the, of the beer and alcohol market. Um, it's just a fun way. I think a lot of it is marketing. I think, um, I think its main power is to be able to market craft beer to, to people, um, especially if they put together – a fresh hop festival that is would be on the same day in different states and people would come out to try the beers and get behind kind of the the marketing aspect of hey we threw the hops in within 24 hours of harvesting them it's super fresh it's super good um i think that brings i think that brings a lot of attention 
is that really is that really going on, or is that your idea? No, that's what that's what uh, I think. You know, the Brewers Guild here would like to do. Would they want to have a, a day? They yeah, want to have a, day, a fresh hop, and then they want to have they want to work with guilds in other states to have a similar thing on the same day. I like it because it's. I think it's a it's a seasonal niche because you know you got you got like your October Fest beers and you got your Christmas ales. Well, this would come out sort of late summer, the end of summer beer, which I think would be fine. I I don't know. I wanted to ask your opinion though about um, there are now a lot of breweries and uh, places around town that are doing the infused, where they'll take fresh hops or they'll even take cured dried hops and they'll they'll do like your like your tea infusion. Where you get your beer and then you put it through a French press with a bunch of hops, and I I kind of think it's a bit of a gimmick. I mean, do you do you have an opinion on? I know Bull and Bush is one place that's doing it. I'm just going to throw out the name because I've seen them doing oh, it. They charge you're calling like, them out. Well, I mean, it's fun. I, it's you, a lot of fun, you, but it's like ten dollars for a beer, and I can't like, really you, tell do you the like difference. Beer infusions. Uh, you know, I think it is a gimmick, but I think it's a fun one. I mean, it's like ordering the flaming. Yeah, right, right, right. right. I, <laughs> Whatever the so flaming is, is, is that from so, Simpsons? It's on fire. Yes, yeah, the flaming uh, I'll, con- I'll completely confess. I think it's a total gimmick. I bought it anyway. And you loved every second. And it was second. fun. <laughs> and I loved every second. Kind of like, yeah. And it's, it's amazing to taste the beer, too. I mean, it, it is crazy hoppy when you actually yeah, soak right. it in the beer that you're drinking at the table. I mean, to the point where when you walk out, if you breathed on something, oh, it would just It's like chewing on hops, just go walk yeah, around. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Uh, I, so I, you also, oh, sorry, go on. I, I just have one question. So I know, like, how sustainable, to get back to this idea, uh, like hops and heifers, is, is the actual This is Oscar Blue's hop- farm. Right, right. So it, the amount of hops that they're growing, is that really, like, I mean, is that what percentage of hops is what, that, is what they need? Like, can, can I, so I guess can a brewery actually, in two to five acres, uh, grow, grow enough, it, enough for their to production? support it itself? No, they they can't even they they can't provide enough hops for even one of their beers, for even a <laughs> even a even a one month period. They they use that hops for little tiny specialty one off beers that they don't can that, um, or if they put them in cans, it's a tiny little run. It, it's mainly a fun thing for them to do to have this farm. I, I think they I don't know how it makes money. I'm I'm guessing it's from the heifers part of it. Right. Um, I think the hops is just a fun, it's just a fun thing for them to have. Now, you also, uh, you went and flew with some of the guys who were trying to get this hops back in 24 hours, kind of like the beer, like Drug Runners, right? From yep. From the, uh, the Western Slope. Yes. For the story. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole story. <laughs> I bet you were nervous. I bet you didn't like that. I was, I was a little bit nervous. I don't do well with, uh, with uh, motion moving, moving around. In a small compartment. That's all the beer. You're right, yeah. And, so they uh, literally kind of pulled the stuff off the field. Yep. And like ran to a plane, flew it across Cardinal Divide. And then dumped it in the boiling kettle. And it may or may not make a difference. I, I mean, the point <laughs> is that it's supposed to make a difference. I'm not trying to be too negative. I'm just, just you know. Well, I mean, again, I, you know, I think a big part of it is the, is the marketing angle. Yeah. Um, it is, and I think, cool. there is a, I think there is a little bit of difference. I think it depends on the brewery and it depends on the beer, whether yeah. you can actually taste it. Um, the, oils, the oils in the hops start to fade within 24 hours. So the point is to get, is to get it into the beer before that so you get all that hops oil it tastes slightly different than it would um, if it, if the hops were pelletized or or if the oil was extracted. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of effort, but it, but it's it's a fun so, you know it's just a fun kind of angle for them. So people should go out to these festivals and check it out this weekend. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so there's that one, and then Falling Rock has its own fresh hop festival 
uh, I think in early October, early to mid-October. Okay, so we'll take a look for that. Um, well, I want to move on uh, from talking about hops. Uh, I want to talk about this week's, uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Legal Pete's, Colorado's favorite burrito joint with five locations in Boulder and Denver. Illegal Pete's, through its uh, Greater Than Record label, will be uh, co-sponsoring a CD release party for the Epilogue's new album, Cinematics, on October 6th at the Summit Music Hall. For more information, go to illegalpeets.com. Uh, now it's time for our uh, musical ba- uh, break for the week. This week we have Silicone Love by the new Boulder band, The Yoppers. Let's listen in. Welcome back to the Denver Diatribe. That was the song Silicone Love by Boulder band The Yoppers. Their first LP, A Capone Crusade, is due out in November. Check them out at theyoppers.com. Capon. It's a capon. Capon? Yeah, that's a little thing you put on the guitar to make it... Signed Capon Crusade. Sorry. It's okay. No, I like Capone. Have you guys seen the video for that song? Oh, my God. Folks, if you have not seen the video for this thing, it's possibly the greatest music video it's ever created. Really, uh, 1970s Harry guy uh, wearing without a, flat, a shirt, without a shirt, jean cutoff shorts, an American roller, flag cape, and rollerblades on roller skates, <laughs> roller skating around Boulder, doing all sorts of crazy things, and then the music video finishes with the words "American as fuck." American as fuck, which Be- is which with, is true, without a doubt. Yeah, thumbs up for that video. Uh, but let's get back to beer, because beer is pretty American as fuck, I have to say. Would, would you agree, Colorado beer man? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, so now we're going to talk politics and beer. It seems that politicians are turning to booze with a vengeance these days, uh, specifically beer. Uh, Obama had his beer summit a couple years ago. He boasts of his love of yingling, uh, the, the, the Pennsylvania beer. Uh, Hickenlooper was bold enough to criticize the White House, micro brews. And now, I guess, Mayor Hancock is getting into the beer action um, by uh, brewing his own special beer for the Great American Beer Fest. Didn't this happen yesterday, Shikes? Yep, the mayor showed up at uh, Denver Beer Company on Platt Street, and uh, they helped him, uh, he helped them brew this pumpkin beer. Uh, he got a crash course in, in all the different ingredients and what you, uh, what you do to brew beer. And uh, it's gonna, the beer is going to be used to kick off Denver Beer Fest on October 5th. So essentially, Shikes, you were live blogging the, uh, the Mayor Hancock making this beer like it was like a real news event. Is that correct? I wasn't live blogging. I tweeted three photos. Oh, well, that's... That, I, is <laughs> that, that is live blogging. Yeah, I mean, that what counts. is the difference of live blogging? Live micro totally blogging. Instagramming. <laughs> you were Instagramming. I saw you. You were... Wait, he used a bike to crush... Yeah, so they have a bike at Denver Beer Company that they got when Salvagetti was next door, or Salvagetti. Salvagetti. I think it's Salvagetti. Yeah. Isn't it? 
don't know. Anyways. By the way, when you pronounced uh, the Q and the E in milk toast, I thought that was excellent. Is that not what you do? Earlier in this. Milk no, toast? No, I thought it was, I thought it was terrific. <laughs> I know Sorry, a lot of words. I don't know how to say that. As a writer, there's a, you know, I think I, you know, I think you know a lot of words, but you don't know how to say them because you never say them out loud. You just write them down. Exactly. Milk toast. Yeah. Same thing. Milk toast. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Denver Beer Company has a bike, and it's hooked up to a very small uh, grain mill, and that's a stationary bike. And it was made by Salvagetti next door when, when Salvagetti was still there. And uh, so they ride it to mill there. They also have another grain mill there. Um, but they have this one for fun purposes, and so that's what he rode for a little while. And, and uh, but they had already made they had already made one batch of the beer. They had it all. I mean, they had it lined up. They are wow. the guys at Denver Beer Co. are, are marketing pros, uh, even though they've only been in the business for a year. And uh, yeah, they had it so he could shovel the, the grain that they had already brewed out of the into a giant bucket. He was able to dump some hops into another batch that they were working on. So. This it doesn't was, sound like it you was made like, beer at all. This is it was like, like going to the beer store on your twenty first birthday and getting to make your first batch of beer. Yeah, yeah, it was oh, kind of no. like, like that sort of situation. It was, but it was good. I mean, he's you know, it's a, it's a, it's hard shoes to to follow to step in. Oh my god, big very different. At least in. you know, yeah. I got to give him props for at least acknowledging that it's a big deal in this city. Yeah, and because I don't I don't get the vibe that he really cares. I don't I don't think he I don't think <laughs> on he's, a personal <laughs> level on a personal level. No, microbrews they're definitely not something. That 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 his administration particularly cares about, or that he personally is into, and it would be hard for him anyway, since he was following Hickenlooper. But yeah, he hasn't shown a whole lot of love, so it was nice to see a little bit of love for for craft breweries, especially since there are now twenty of them in the city, or about to be twenty of them, something like that, and and so many more like slated to come, right? Yeah, yep. And now people get to vote on the name of this beer. Yes, um, on the Facebook page for. What? How do people vote for the name for Hancock's Make Believe Beer? They, you got to go to Visit Denver, which is the Convention and Visitors Bureau Facebook page, and vote there, I guess, or suggest names. You know, it's a marketing. I think people tactic. are. A lot of people are going to vote Hancock. See, I, I, see, I, see, I was going to go around the room and ask you guys <laughs> what name the beer. And I was going to want to see how many people used Hancock. I mean, I think he should just do it anyway. Hancock would just be yeah, it'd be fun. So, what do you want to call the beer, Vanessa? <laughs> Handcock. What? That's it. <laughs> you know, what, what variety of beer did he make? Do we know? It's a pumpkin beer. It's a pumpkin oh. beer. Yep. Oh, that blows everything. I wanted to call it Corruption Kolsch, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know if... Uh, I would drink Corruption Kolsch. I thought I that, would, that's a yeah, good well, beer. Cor- corruption with a K. Oh, yeah. Be funny. I mean, you could call it Hancock Kolsch. That See, would I was going to call it Hancock Hefeweizen. Hancock yeah, It's all about the alliteration. Hancock Hefe. But it's a pump. It's a pumpkin beer, so that that changes things. So what are you going to call it? Shites? Yeah, I'm not, I was trying to think of gourd. If there's something, you know, with gourd, hmm. with gourd pumpkins rising, something in politics. <laughs> CD. I'm have to work. CD. CD yeah. pumpkin ale. Oh, there we go. <laughs> CD. That's uh, a little too gritty. Uh, huddles. <laughs> yes. Yes. I huddles. Got huddles. Huddles. The beer. Pumpkin. Yes. Huddles. Yeah. Pumpkin huddles. Yeah. Puddles of huddles. <laughs> All right. There it is, folks. Please. Um, so the one politician who's not gotten to the beer game really is Mitt Romney, and my thought is that's why he's struggling right now. It's not because of the comments about the forty-seven percent or the dumb things he said about the uprisings in Syria, it's or putting his dog on the roof of his car or any yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, I really. think it's I think it's because he hasn't said much about beer whatsoever. Um, right? I think. We, well, he's in Mormon. Some ways. He doesn't drink. Does he drink? Oh, he can drink. He can drink like he can drink like non-alcoholic beer. 
Right? Uh, can't we? I don't, I don't even know if we can do That's that. almost worse than not drinking beer. I'd almost rather, if you're going to choose between drinking beer and not drinking beer, I would say I would respect you less if you're in the, I'm going to drink O'Doul's. Yeah, the so. only people who get away with that are, are actual out recovering alcoholics. Really? I, I say. They're the only people who get a pass. Not on Mormons. Beer. Mormons don't get a beer, a beer pass? No, 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 no. So, so what should he be drinking to help improve his struggling image? Yeah, I think he's out of luck there. Beer, beer has become an issue with that campaign, and it was, I guess it was in the 2008 campaign, too, because Hillary was drinking beers. What was she drinking? She was drinking I beers remember. and whiskey shots, and, and people were making oh. fun of him as not being a beer drinker and, and accusing him of not liking beer. And he said, I'm a beer drinker, and he made a, a little bit of a thing about it on the last campaign. And then now this one in Iowa recently, he was, that's all he was doing was drinking beer after beer. And, uh, <laughs> well, and, they've, and they've, they've made like major national news about the yeah. beer they're home brewing at the right. White House. Right, that he's yeah. the first yeah. president in how, however many hundreds has, of like, years. honey in it, right? Isn't honey it's really a, It's a honey beer. beer. Oh, and did you, did you see the, the Atlantic wrote a story about... Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Hickenlooper yeah. was knocking the Sorry, I was twiddling with... Jared left us, and now I'm twiddling with knobs over here. So I, I missed. But, yeah. Yeah, they're, all three of them are made with, um, with honey beer that they... Um, with honey that they ha- they have a beehive at the at the White House, and uh, so I guess that's what he likes. No, honey can be pretty good in beer. The uh, the big Shikes beer, big Shikes beer, big Shikes, made, uh, big yeah. Shikes beer, two Mays ago by I like Scott. the pause you had in there. Yeah, <laughs> big Shikes beer, big Shikes. You're beer. waiting for the so cheer that's that's where I'll audience. edit I'll edit in a little applause. Yeah, sound if, you could, if you could Yay! do and a few a few hoots and uh, hollers also if you have that. We'll call Julian. Yeah. <laughs> our, our former sound guy, anyway. Yeah, okay. right. our sound guy, he'll do it. So that had honey, and uh, no, honey can be good in a beer. I don't, I'm not sure what, I don't think that Hickenlooper meant to be critical of that particular beer. Okay. And he wasn't the only brewer who was at um, the convention either. Uh, the uh, Kim Jordan, the head of New Belgium, was also there. Ah. Um, and she didn't give a speech or anything, but she, she was there and, and made news for being there as well. So, so why do we see all this, all, all this focus on beer and politics these days? Is it because it's, it's kind of a safe topic? Because it's an awesome topic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think you know. I think they. I think politicians still think that beer connects them to the common man, and uh, they're not drinking a lot of craft beer. They're mainly drinking Bud and Miller and that kind of thing. And the home brewing. I don't know. I think he, maybe he just likes beer, or maybe the polling numbers early in is because he bought the, his homebrew kit like three years ago. Obama. The, yeah, at the White House, yeah. I think. And um, you know, maybe either he just likes beer and wanted to give it a shot, or because uh, he has so much free time to brew beer. Well, I think it was a, it was a gift. It may have been a gift from, um, I don't know. I'm sure it came from some polling members. Drink beer. I think I he made a pretty astute boat. move by saying that Yingling's his favorite beer. Because one, it's not a craft beer. It's not super localized, so, so he's not going to get one state really fired up. But it has this kind of, you know, it's this Pennsylvania beer. It's been around forever. It has connotations with, like, kind of like Liberty Bell. It's a pretty damn good beer. I drink a lot of Yingling uh, going to college <laughs> in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> what you think it's not a good beer? You're from the East Coast. You, <laughs> I disagree. No, I, no, it's fine. I'm it's just a, kidding. I'm just a lovely giving beer. Our, I'm just joking. I'm kidding. I like saying Yingling too, and I love the name. Yeah, I the really name do, is right? really. Mm-hmm. There are there are a few other breweries in the United States, domestic breweries that that give me that sort of feeling. Schlitz. I also like saying Schlitz. Feels good. Yeah. Comes off your tongue nice. Schlitz is dirty. Yeah, it's a whole different That's category. Like beer. So is Yingling. No way. It's so it's such a <laughs> different yeah, category. Fondle my Yingling, please. Come on. Why do you have to go there? <laughs> this is we're, we're trying things on the up and up. I mean, do you agree with Obama's support of Yingling? I'm not talking about sexual connotation anymore, Shike. So please, so please don't even think about that. Oh, uh, 
yeah, no, I think it was probably a good idea for him to go with Yingling. You know, it's funny. I mean, they're not one of the big, the big brewers. They they try and they try and associate themselves with with craft brewers because they are an independent company, and they are the oldest continuously operating beer maker, I think, in the yeah, United I States. Yeah, I think so. Um, and actually, before that, Tivoli in Denver, which went out of business in 1969, was at one point the second oldest continuously operating beer maker in the country. Um, but that's aren't aside. they bringing it back? Yes, they just brought it back. Tivoli Who's bringing it back? back? Uh, a company bought all the rights to a bunch of old Denver beer names and is brewing it over at Prost. So they aren't ah. actually brewing it at Tivoli. No, they're not brewing. Which it they should. Them. They have that. They have that huge empty space where the movie, the, where, where the Stars Theater used to be. Yep, they it would should. be cool. That'd be awesome. I'd be much more excited. Uh, moving on to more topics about beer. This time, beer and marijuana. Uh, this is something that Vanessa got all fired up with the other night, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh, last week, I think Iggy Looper uh, finally came out against um, what's the amendment? The uh, yeah, Amendment sixty four, which will regulate marijuana like alcohol. It's on the ballot this coming November. Iggy Looper came out saying he didn't support it. Uh, and Vanessa, you got all fired up. Well, I did. I'm, I'm just disappointed because, uh, you know, the Denver um, version, kind of version, not really, of this law passed uh, under his watch as he, when he was mayor. And uh, there, w- there didn't seem to be such a big deal about it then from his side. In fact, I, I meant to go look this up, but I, I don't know that he actually endorsed it, but I'm not sure that he came out he opposed it. to it. So I think he kind of walked around it. But, uh, you know, I've, I've since changed my um, – not changed, but altered my position a little bit on this. I was really upset saying, you know, he's such a pussy, not taking a stand for this. You know, I'm really upset. Of course he would do this because now he's looking at national office, which, by the way, I think is a lost cause. But, um, mm. well, he's just – after that speech, I'm sorry. He, he's going to really have to work on it. You're talking about the, the DNC The convention speech, speech okay. yeah. Um, so – but since then, poll, uh, the Denver Post poll came out saying that a majority of voters that they had polled are in support of 64. So it now seems that he's making maybe a safe, you know, it, it, he's saying if it passes and he didn't support it, which he, he isn't, he could say, oh, that was an oops on my part. It's an easy thing to go back and say, oh, you know, I, I just... I, I wasn't on the right side of the voters at that time. And so it's not going to be like – maybe he feels like his um, opposition is not going to totally take 64 down. Do you think he has other issues that – I mean, I know I know medical marijuana is a big issue in Colorado, but do you think he has other issues that he's concerned about? He's thinking in the long game in this giant, stupid chess game of Colorado politics where he's saying he's coming out against it because he wants to get something else through that he needs more Republican support. So he's trying to sort of, I'll give you, I'll give you my opposition to 64 if you'll give me Republicans this. aren't really opposing 64 right. as a base. No, so not, a, not in general? Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I think I, it's from the feds, but uh, uh, I'll be because yeah. half of them have their cards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. What were you, you going to say about this? You know, I just think it's easy for him. You know, I agree with Vanessa. I think it's easy for him to oppose it right now since he's not running for office. I think... If he were running this year, if he were up for election, he would have to kind of reconsider what he was what he was doing. But right now, he can come out against it. He, you know, he he's not being reelected, and then, like you said, he can change his mind um, in two years if he wants to. But he has this on his record as being a little bit conservative on that, you know, on that yeah. angle. And I think that I think that's probably he thinks will help him in the long run. Do you think Do you think uh, the administration came down and told him he has to oppose this? The the national administration, yes. federal administration. No, you don't think so. Because they're, they're I, I think they want the pot vote. I mean, I, I think 
I mean, mm-hmm. the, it's the you know, if the pot vote comes out, all I would say a lot of those people are going to be voting for Democrats. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think they want the pot vote. You know, yeah. I don't right. think they necessarily want him to oppose it. Well, they. I mean, Obama did a a video with Harold and Kumar, right? Where he called them. Have you seen this? No. Okay, so there's a video where it's it's President Obama sitting in a in a high back chair. He's on the phone. And he says, "Hey, how you doing? I need your support on this. Are you with me?" And then it cuts to Harold and Kumar sitting on a couch playing video games and eating pizza. And they're like, who's that? It was the president. Yeah, we'll do it. We're cool. And then it came back. There have been YouTube parodies of this video where it's actual marijuana users uh, cutting to the other side. And they're like, but President Obama, I thought you were really against marijuana. You're arresting all of my friends. <laughs> so it's yeah, I do. He totally wants he wants that vote. I, I completely agree. So they're not gonna they're not gonna mention it in election year, and and I you know I I don't necessarily think I think Hickenlooper is sort of opposed in general, uh, but I do think you're right that why he, would he be opposed? What? Uh, I mean the uh, NAACP is coming support of this right. like like a hundred local uh, let us. Um, for the same no, reasons why politicians support. do things that aren't necessarily in the best interest of the, the general mass. He just has a moral Politics? opinion about it. No, no, I mean, for not for political reasons. He's, he might be doing it for moral reasons. I don't really know why. I just, if you look mm. at the way he's talked about it in the past, he's either completely avoided it or said things that are somewhat negative about the issue. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I do agree that if, if this were an election year for him, he would be singing a totally different tune. Mm. Because he is a masterful politician, without a doubt. Except when it comes to giving speeches at the DNC. Right. He knows when to play things safe. It, you know, if Kum- he has a tie on, it's going to be a flop. You just know. So Kumar gave a, a, a speech at the convention as well. But it was about the DREAM Act. Who did a better job? Uh, who do you think? I mean, Hickenlooper was like one of the worst speakers I, Ooh, that, wow. I, that I saw. I, I really was very disappointed. You should have lit one up beforehand. He maybe or had some beer or some beer or some both. Yeah. Pot and beer. Lovely combination. Um, Okay. I want to move on to some love and hate for the week. Um, Jonathan Shikes, Colorado Beer Man. Since you're a guest, I want you to start off with either love or hate. Is it a multiple choice question? (laughs) You get to choose love or a hate for Denver. You've been on the show before. You should remember how to do this. (laughs) It's not that complicated, sir. I love your new uh, studio. Ain't it sexy? <laughs> That's it. That's what you're gonna. Look. Okay. Yeah, it's so nice. We we're in the we're in the clock tower, by the way, folks. Daniels and Fisher clock tower, 14th floor. Look up. We're looking down on you. Yes, right now. Uh, Vanessa, I'm gonna her. give some love to the Rocky Mountain Sustainable Living Fair, which actually happened last week, 13th year. Um, it's a great fair. It happens in Fort Collins. It's put on by the Rocky Mountain Sustainable Living Association. This was this fair was around before all of the green festivals that are really huge now in Colorado, and uh, it's a really wonderful, exciting kind of thing. You get it's it's a great deal. You get workshops like chicken cooping and things like that uh, for eight dollars a day. Um, and they need some help right now. They are trying to keep their costs low, um, and they've got a campaign on community funded. So. If you care about things like this, it's also, you know, you get, you get plenty of Odell and New Belgium beer and lots of good, good, feel good, supported, you know, sponsors that go there. So that's my love. Cool. I'm, I'm going to love on the African Bar and Grill in Aurora. Uh, it's this little tiny strip mall restaurant uh, that serves African food. 
but the owners have done a really fantastic job of making their menu specific to lots of different regions in Africa. Uh, so all their clientele from Africa can come in and they'll order the exact same thing, but they all have a different name for it. Uh, and he has all the names listed. And w going in there as a someone who's not African and doesn't know what they're doing is this magical uh, educational experience. He walks you through the menu and explains everything to you, what it is, what it's like, who likes what as far as the different countries in Africa. And uh, the food is phenomenal. Where is it exactly? Very affordable. I, I'm sorry. I don't have the address. Uh, okay. We'll post it on Facebook. Sounds we'll put a good. little link to it. But, yeah, African Bar and Grill in Aurora. You can Google it. I know you can do that, folks. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm really. I thought you were African. I'm glad uh, you clarified that. So not. <laughs> he looks African. I'm a Rhodesian. New, I'm I'm a new Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I go. All right. Well, I'm going to love on a restaurant as well, but on the other side of the spectrum, I'm loving on Wafflich. Have you guys heard of Wafflich? Yes, I drove by it the other day. I uh, a new, I've seen a new restaurant uh, on Tennyson Street, where you can buy sandwiches that are pressed in a waffle maker. Hence, Wafflich. Oh, those bastards. I've been doing this at home for years because I won't let my wife buy a panini press. Not only, yeah. <laughs> so not only can you buy waffle-pressed sandwiches, there is a water fountain called the Fountain of Youth, which spits out fruit punch. What? A it's fruit like... punch water fountain. And, and I'm not done yet, they, <laughs> they have a working in television. You remember in television, the old, like, Pre-Nintendo in television? No. What are you talking I don't know like, what you're talking like, about. Like really like early home Early, early video like game. ColecoVision? Yes. Early, early? And it works. Oh. And you can play that while you're waiting for your Wafflich. Do they, they have it hooked up to a console TV, like the big wooden box? No, no. It's a new TV, but it was awesome. Um, and it was just it was a great night at Wafflich. Uh, the only piece of advice that I would give is that someone I think at Westward suggested, instead of calling it Wafflich, they should have called it Sand Waffle, which I like even more than Wafflich. Sand Waffle. Sand Waffle. Uh, so, yes, please check out Wafflich or Sand Waffle. We suggested that? Yes. Oh, no, uh, one of the commenters on Westward, who are always so insightful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all the love and hate we have for this week. If you'd like to share a little of your own love or hate, please leave us a brief message at 720-282-YELL. That's 720-282-9355. Our web hosting is provided by bluechannel.com. You can always listen to episodes on demand by subscribing to our podcast. For more information, check out our website, denverdiatribe.com, or search for Denver Diatribe on Twitter or Facebook. I am Joel Warner. On behalf of my co-hosts and special guest, uh, Jonathan Shikes, the Colorado Beer Man, thanks for listening. Have you heard the birds at the words Denver? High average income, roll like big spenders. Affordable housing, good money lenders. Low obesity, no need for suspenders. Check your calendar. Denver, Denver.